So it is 409. 409 on June 17th, the day after Father's Day, 2019. Guess what I did yesterday? You celebrated Father's Day. I told you to guess. Sorry. Oh, you blew <laughs> I was there. My, I can't believe you stepped on my setup. It's moment one of the first episode of this podcast and you stepped on my welcome, bit. Welcome to our Yikes. life. Yikes. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I'm Jonathan Gregg. <laughs> this is Operation Dad Pod. Um, that's my wife, Jen, stepping on my bits. And my co-producer, Nacelli, is here also. Stepping um, on my bits. Yeah, step, maybe that sounds not great. <laughs> Quit stepping on my bits. <laughs> um, I'm a new dad as of a week. Jen and I are first-time parents. And uh, here's where this podcast came from. A handful of months ago, give or take 40 weeks, uh, my wife told me she was pregnant, and I was very excited. I also excited. told you I was the name of Margarita, because that That's was right. the last thing I drank. That's right. Um, <laughs> she came in from a night out. Not out-out. Not out, aggressively. Not just out, dinner. Out. Just dinner out. Yeah. yeah. Um, early in the morning, and she had taken a test and said, we're going to have a little margarita. And I thought, it's way early for a drink, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then it turned out that what she meant was a baby, um, which was very exciting. I was thrilled about that. Uh, but also quickly, and also horrified. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kicked pretty much into high gear right away and said, "Oh, I have no idea what to do now. Um, this is terrifying." Um, so I started having conversations with people and started looking for where I could find any advice about fathering. And uh, Jen, right away, was able to find um, Facebook groups and mom groups and you know uh, all, any kind of meetup and all the things, mm-hmm. all the things for moms. And I went looking for a dad group in my area. We're in Astoria, New York, which is in Queens. Um, And uh, there wasn't much. There was like one group. It had like 20 members. Their last activity was like three years ago. Um, (laughs) Their kids are in college now. (laughs) kids graduated. (laughs) Right. Uh, It was a letter service, actually. It was a dad group that was just a pen pal group. Um, So I thought, well, that's weird. Let's maybe try to change that. So I started um, having conversations with people. So actually, over the past few months... Uh, Nacelli, we've been coming in here, right, and recording these episodes with other mm-hmm. parents, professionals, uh, people who might have some advice. Uh, I realized so early on when I had this idea, I thought, well, this is going to go one of two ways. Either people are going to agree with me, and this is going to be something that people want to do and talk about and hear about, or this is just my own personal cry for help. And <laughs> either way, that will also become evident quickly. <laughs> if everyone says, no, Jonathan, no one else has a hard time like that it's just you, then I can recognize something about myself. Um, But what I've learned is that people do seem interested in having conversations. Dads and moms uh, jump at the chance to talk and share their stories and have honest, open conversations. And so that's what we want to do here is um, just be super honest. So the first handful of weeks of episodes are the buildup to this past week. We're going to kind of like Quentin Tarantino this whole thing. We'll start now in the present time and then we'll go backwards and build up to right now, um, and then we'll kill everyone. No, um, <laughs> we blood everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what's funny is listening back on some of the episodes too. Uh, so these started. We started recording. I think around your third trimester, middle of your second, I guess. Actually, yeah. uh, I don't know. I'm bad with math. I couldn't remember how many weeks I was pregnant at any point. That's true. So. Um, listening back on them now, I hear myself say some things, and I can already think, oh. What a dummy I was then. But for the sake of anyone out there and for the people who have already listened to these and wouldn't and would call me on this anyway, I'm not going to edit any of those things. I'm not going to make myself sound any smarter or better at this. Um, I will just laugh at myself as these episodes come out. Um, 
So without any further ado, my first guest on Operation Dad Pod with Jonathan Gregg is my wife, my wife. My wife. I knew you tried to jump on that one too. I was you trying, trying to step so hard on to that keep one. that in. I was trying so hard every time you said it. Um, uh, Jen Dornbush. Uh, Hi. Yeah. Yay. Hi. You got any jokes I can ruin real quick? <laughs> I don't do jokes. Great. Uh, you just do my jokes. Um, <laughs> I thought for this first episode, with any good hero's journey, which is what I've decided this is, <laughs> uh, you need an origin story. So part of my origin story was freaking out about how scared I was about fathering. But now we actually have a baby. Um, and some of the episodes have more advice, some are more storytelling, some are funny, some are serious. Uh, all of those things happen. I thought it would be fun because every time I've recorded and every time Nacelli and I have, have been here talking to someone, we have really tried to get into the honesty of their stories. Uh, so I think we should dive in and be very honest about uh, your pregnancy. I almost said our pregnancy. I would go on record <laughs> every time saying this is not our pregnancy. She was pregnant. I was as much a part of it as I could You're be. You're very close to a pregnant person right. a lot of the time. I spent a lot of time very close to a pregnant person. We were not pregnant. I, I did that to her. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jen, why don't, do you have any, um, let's start with as a first time pregnant lady. Yeah. Uh, what's some advice you might have for a first, let's start with the pregnant person first, the person carrying a child. What's okay. a bit of advice you might have for them? There are two things I think that now 10 days out of being pregnant, I can look back and be like, here's what I learned. <laughs> um, one is that, and I, a little bit thought it was a scam for one of our friends that owns a gym was like, just stay active, like stay as active as you can during your pregnancy, pregnancy, because it'll, you'll see, it'll make you feel better and make you feel better. Right. And it but was not out of character for a personal trainer. To right. Say that. So I was like, like yeah, also yeah, yeah. I'll pay you hundreds security. of dollars right. <laughs> to <laughs> right. make me stay active. <laughs> and, um, I feel like for the most part, my pregnancy was relatively easy. Like on me physically, there was like, I mean, I'm sure that we'll get into it. Like some, bumps in the road when it comes to like tests and the baby itself. But like I physically was like pretty okay for even like the last yeah. two weeks. I was like walking around and not wanting to jab everyone in the eyes. And like, I mean, I was fine. And I think a lot of it was that. That's true. As a witness, I'll go on record saying yeah. that's true. And a lot of it was that I like, and I'm not in like good shape by any means. Don't but I, I'm very bad at CrossFit <laughs> for the record. Um, um I think just doing something a couple times a week and staying active made, yeah. like, I slept a little bit better when I, I had crazy dreams and I could not sleep through the night, but I slept better when I was doing something, even just walking around the neighborhood for a while, like, I think. And kind of that thing, it happens to non-pregnant people too, but like, yeah. getting started is the hardest, like, get taking the step to go, all right, I am going to go on a walk or I'm going to do something. Yeah. I mean, I definitely paid, I've definitely paid our friend to train me because I couldn't get to the gym on my own. <laughs> I was like, take all of my money, please. It's the only um, way I'll get there. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I paid her in yeah. advance. I have to go. Um, so I know that's not, some people have, you know, better self-help skills than I do, but. Real quick, jump in throughout this podcast. We're just going to roll with New York City soundscape. Uh, there will be sirens yeah. and trucks and all sorts of things that happen. Uh, that's just going to be the way this works. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Jen. Um, so, like, I think that is part of what made the pregnancy – like, I worked up until the day before. Like, I was at work the day that I went into the hospital. Yeah. So, I think that even, like, minimal stuff is better than – because believe me, all I want to do is lay on the couch. I kept joking that I was a beached whale because laying on my left <laughs> side was, like, the only – like really comfortable 
Um, so he would like Jonathan would come home from work and I would be just laying on my left side on the couch. He's like, Hey, I'm like, just right here, <laughs> laying down hey. like this still or again. Um, so I think that was, um, really good. And the other thing is that, um, we got so many weird test results. We had a doctor saying every time I, I went back and looked at my like blood work and my test results and like quest diagnostics is like, you have test results in, come check them out. There's not one group of tests that I did that got a full green, like there's always a red flag about something. And it turned out that nothing was an issue throughout the entire pregnancy. But we had so many red flags of like, this is a little bit elevated or like this came off like a little bit or you're exposed to this thing. Maybe that we went through like that first time, I think it was like nine weeks in, we like got a weird test result. That ended up being, I had been previously exposed to like a childhood disease, fifth disease, yeah. which I didn't even know about, but I had been exposed to that in my past, but I don't know how to read the report. It's just like, I'm going to jump in right yeah. here just to uh, jump on this with you. Like the bedside manner of some of these, <laughs> like that early pregnancy doctors, and these are like blood test workers who couldn't care less about bedside manner. They're just sending in results, but it's like a, from the herpes family, mm-hmm. it's like a, it's like a straight, like, you like know, chicken like pot. chicken pox, yeah. but it's. It's scientifically labeled as herpes something or other or other. Or like the big name for it, like you Google it because, of course, you WebMD it and Google it right away. And it's like, oh, a member of the herpes. And I was like, how did we give our kid herpes? Like, <laughs> what did we do? He's like what, four cells big. What, what happened? What mistake from our past that hasn't showed up yet just decided to show up? And it turns out it's it's fits, which right. is just a strand of kind of like chicken pox. But like because the scientific way comes up like this. But nobody says anything about it. Right. Those early like tests and the doctors early on like just – I would love to just say, guys, remember it's our first time. It's the newest. It's the first new thing we've done in 20 years. Right. Longer than that even. Like when was the last time you did a brand new thing? Most things are just a version of something you've already done. Until this, it's brand new. And doctors are like, oh, yeah, you have a strain of herpes. What? Whoa, well, slow down. Oh, no, you don't. Actually, it's this other thing. And but- that first sonogram I went to, when it, he was literally two cells he was like, oh, look at these two. And I was like, what? There's two? And he's like, no, there's two sacks. It's one baby. And I was like, well, don't lead with there's two parts. Like, we can't have twins. We live in a one-bedroom apartment. He's living in a closet. Right this is not an option. <laughs> but like, yeah. So there's a lot of like jumping to conclusions or there's so many tests now and so many yeah. things they can find out that we had a lot of like, it could be nothing or it could be this debilitating disease. And think about amniocentesis. And we come back a week later, like, oh no, everything's perfect. You're yeah. fine. Keep it moving. So like, everything and and there are complications. I'm not like, don't get me wrong, but there's so much testing, and it is really good to have all that knowledge. But it's it's also so um, the testing is so specific that even if you get a red flag for something, it doesn't necessarily mean there's well, the technology is ahead of the yeah. uh, technician, right? Right, like like. The tech is testing for things that doctors don't really fully understand right. yet. So it's like, oh, this is outside the bell curve of norm, but we don't know what that means. Right. So it might it mean could nothing. be it could be that your kid has spina bifida, and it also right. could mean absolutely nothing. Right. So what would you like to do about that? And we're like, I don't know. You're the doctor. You <laughs> wow. tell me what to do about that. Um, so like we we had a lot of, I mean. I guess on the on the optimistic side, we had so much of it, and it ended up that each time that something kind of red flaggy came up, and it ended up being nothing. And the next time, it was less anxiety producing um, for me, at least. Because yeah. I was like, "Well, we got through those other three things, yeah. and it was nothing." So this and we one did also have some good doctors yeah. uh, 
shouts out to Dr. Muscat, Jolene Muscat, yeah, who's very good great. at saying, here are the results. These aren't, these are above the normal for these things. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. It just means we're going to watch it over the next few right. weeks. And if that turns into something that we do know about, then we start working on it. Yeah. But right now, all that means is we know to pay attention to that thing. And she was really good at telling us our options. Like, you could either do nothing on this extreme or you could do this, an amniocentesis on this extreme. And there's other things in the middle. Like, she gave us like a nice range yeah. of, of things that we could do, which is like, I mean, we chose to wait to like figure things out. But yeah, I, I think my advice to someone who is pregnant is like take each week and each test with like just to have that individually, that individual thing and kind of like marinate on what that means and what you, what that would mean for you and for the baby. And just, you know, you'll have another test the next week and it, it might be totally different. And some of the, some of the episodes we'll get into in the next, in a couple of coming months, uh, some people said this and so I took this from them and so I'll say it now and start with it. So then it sounds like they're repeating <laughs> me. Um, you're okay. It's okay to get a second opinion. It's okay to a yeah. ask follow-up questions. Ask all the questions you want to ask. Get a second opinion. Because, yeah, like, it's like an auto mechanic says, well, this is what I found. What do you want to do? I don't know, man. Like, right. that's, your, that's your job. What I want to do is take it to someone else and see if they say the same thing. Right. So that's an okay thing to do. Um, yeah, you don't – it feels like you're cheating on your, on your significant right. other when you're like, my doctor said this. But I want to go to a different doctor and see what he says. <laughs> like, don't tell the first doctor. Right. I get it. Like, we, yeah, we were not very good at that part. We just ha happened to have a, a rotation of doctors that well, saw I feel us. Like, I so feel we like got different opinions from the same practice, but a lot of different opinions. I'd love to shout out your your murder ladies. What's their phrase about politeness? They say, don't be fuck politeness. What fuck do they politeness. say? Fuck politeness. So, but, but really, like, yeah. across, like, it's a good way to not get killed. It's also a good way to make sure that you're getting the medical advice you And you're safe, you yeah. You don't need to be, pol be polite to your doctor, right. but you don't need to... Politeness doesn't mean taking them at their word all of the time. Right. They're a doctor. Hopefully, they're people, right? And right. so they're someone's reading results, someone's explaining things to you, and they should be okay. As a I make up statistics, they, okay they probably right. blur some lines on some statistics sometimes. Right. What things mean? Good advice, Jen. Thanks. Um, here's I'm looking forward to the answer to this question. Uh, I've prepped you with a question and have not heard the answer. Uh, what is a piece of advice that you might give? the uh the parenting partner of someone who's pregnant um well it pains me that the answer is gonna be a shout out to you because you did this so well yes <laughs> oh i was worried i was gonna get lit up about no. something yes um you did both actually have two things and you did both of them really well and and one of them i'll start with the one that i i didn't really expect either of them one is that i felt the worst the earlier earlier on in my pregnancy. So I did not look pregnant. I did not act pregnant. I could still lift things. I could still like run. I could still like, no one was like handling me, handling me with kid gloves, but I was miserable for the first four and a half months. I had like, and you didn't really have morning sickness, which is good, but you were nauseous all the time. So, so you didn't even get the show of like, I'm throwing up in the morning. You just right. felt like garbage it was all, all the, the terribleness with none of the sympathy because <laughs> yeah. I wasn't big. I wasn't like, nothing was happening. Like visibly nothing was happening. Yeah. Um, the best way I can describe it is um, well, I should say that. Let's get back to what I did well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I should say that we joke that we only got pregnant so that I would curb my drinking habit. <laughs> and then I was punished by being what felt like hungover for four and a half months straight every single day, nonstop. <laughs> um, so something that you did well was like, I would come home from work and I would lay down in my beach wheel position on my left side on the couch and you would be like, 
hey, how's your day? And I go, nope. <laughs> and then I'd be like, I got to I gotta sleep. And then you're like, see you tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, see you tomorrow. It was like 4.30. Um, so you did a really good job of like, I, I felt like I was a disaster. And you were very good at not being like, it's been three weeks. Like, get up and like do something useful. <laughs> like, you were really good at, at understanding that even though I didn't look like I was you know, cooking this little character, um, I felt like I was going to die for like, and it was three months. They all say like, second trimester is beautiful. You'll get a pep of energy and everyone, <laughs> you'll just start to glow. And I was like, still wanting to die like yeah. four and a half months in. Yeah, and like then it 16, did clear. They were right. But like, when does this I know, Every day I'd be like, why did you do this to me? It's been three months. So um, that was like one thing is, even if your partner does not look like they are working very, their body's working very hard. That was by far the worst. And the rest of it was like easy breezy for me. But that first four months was like, I, I was, I don't know how I'm going to stand up. I don't know how I'm going to like, I'm hungry, but I can't walk to the refrigerator because I just want to die. <laughs> um, and the other thing, and this was like something I did not even consider. And this was all you was, there's so much baby stuff. There's so much rearranging. We live in a one bedroom apartment. It's lovely, but we had to kind of like, move furniture around and find places for baby things. And you were big on, I want to live in it before we have the baby here. So like we had a baby in June in February, we had like started to rearrange the apartment a little bit. And then again in April when it got a little bit closer because you were like, I don't want to have a newborn and then also be tripping over things or realize that someone doesn't work and have to rearrange again, like to get it all done. And your it feels like your space and not like, I can't really do more than one thing at a time. So I needed like one new thing. I needed like a new arrangement of furniture and to get used to that and then get used to a person being here. Well, it, but it made a lot of sense. Like we were, we had to like move our bedroom. We're obviously sharing with a baby and we were like moved all of our clothes out of there. We like put shelves in random like we're basically, boiler room closets. We're basically the Chip and Joanna Gaines of a story of, right of one now. Bedroom we turned a one bedroom apartment into... Also, still a one-bedroom apartment, but it fits a baby just fine. There is no I'm shiplap, pretty, though. They would, they would that's not. That's true. We don't have enough shiplap. <laughs> that's true. Um, but so you were like, I would not have even thought about it. I'm like, why do this so far ahead of time? Like, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Like, you know, if something happens and we don't have a baby, this would be really sad to have to, like, take down all this stuff, we, whatever. Um, but you were like, we need to rearrange the furniture. We need to get set up so that when the baby comes here, it feels like he's moving into our house and not that. We're like tripping over each other trying to figure out how to accommodate him. Yeah. And that was like glorious because he came a week early and we were like kind of yeah, ready. We pretty set up. Yeah. yeah. Especially for like the big things were all set up. Yeah. Some of that also came from my fear of having no idea how to be prepared for it, which is, you know, again, the reason behind this whole podcast is like I was just scared because I didn't I didn't know my I mean, we kept asking my mom, like, is this enough stuff? Do we have, is this the right order? Is this the right yeah. stuff? Is this, what do we, ha what do we need? And, and she was like, and you guys are fine. You where have do like we put lot. it? We're like, there's no way we're fine. There's no yeah. way we're fine. We can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Um, great. That's good advice, I think. Um, let's do, because we're only nine days out of it. Let's talk about our birth adventure. The, the actual origin story of our son, Caleb. I feel like um, you Not the not... origin story of our son, Caleb. We were <laughs> well, in Vermont we're for a vacation in. weekend <laughs> by the fight. Oh, never mind. Um. I feel like you didn't um, give a shout out to our our drinks 
Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I feel like if I'm going to talk about giving birth, that we should have... We should acknowledge that we're drinking yeah. now. Let's cheers. Let's cheers the podcast and our son, Caleb, and everyone. Uh, we've got um, this episode brought to you by Kirkland brand Savion Blanc. Uh, so, Don't sleep on the Kirkland brand yeah, wine. It's really that. good. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. And it's real cheap. Right? Costco's not a sponsor, but they could be. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, cheers. Cheers. Um... I guess for the listeners, I should warn them that I have not had wine in nine months, and drunk. I might be wasted. <laughs> two sips, Sally. Yeah. Is that a, I don't know. I made that up. No, two because two sips is Sally. nothing. No That's one gets true. drunk on two sips except for <laughs> newly not pregnant people. Um, yeah, welcome back to being a lightweight. I know. It's been a long time. <laughs> Before you get too lit up, um, let's go back to last weekend, because... Okay. Kind of like setting everything, kind of like setting our apartment up and having everything ready to go. We had a plan. We had a pretty solid plan for how our son was going to come into this world. We, had, we even had two versions of the plan. And we had a like, plan and a backup plan. And not like a traditional plan of like, I'm going to have like lavender oil and I'm going to like lay. It was like, right. this is the day it needs to happen. Not so much getting into like what happens once we're there. Not the, right. not the birth plan, but like a schedule for how it was going right. to happen. Also, because, if you like lavender, that's cool. That's cool. You <laughs> yes. can do that. So we had this birth plan because um, he was measuring ginormous yeah. for the entire pregnancy. That's my boy. Yeah. Um, also, no one has said this, so I'm I'm not, I'm like picking a fight that no one has even started. But in the general ether of this, this fight's out there. Uh, if anyone has a problem with someone scheduling something or scheduling a C-section, you can go fuck yourself. I couldn't <laughs> care less about your opinions on that. You do you. You have your birth plan. But you can choke on something and die if you think someone else should have your birth plan. Anyway, I'm, my mom's yeah. also in the room and I keep dropping F-bombs. I'm sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. <laughs> and our son. And our son. Well, he can't. Yeah, sorry, son. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I understand that C-sections might not be – there are risks and – Right, and, sure. Uh, and we can get into those risks. Of course, there are risks. There, we can but talk if they're about telling, that. like, we also had, we did actually have one of our red flags was that our umbilical cord was not right. developed exactly correctly. So they wouldn't let me go past 40 weeks no matter what. Right. So we had to somehow get this baby out of me during this week. So we, we signed up for all the options just in right. case. That's right. basically how that happened. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, we had the the... All of the above options yeah. we chose, all inclusive. And, <laughs> and the same note, if you want to do this with no meds and you want to like totally. do it in your living room, that's totally fine too. That is 100%. just not for me right. at all. Right. I would like all as the meds rule, and all the hospitals. As a general rule, like if you have your preferred journey, do that. There's no reason for anyone to try to convince anyone that one journey is better than another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just, yeah. So do what you want to do. Yeah, we had and like be safe and, to, and right. think about science. I would also like throw that in there. Right. Um. So we um, had all this planned for t- so Tuesday. Tuesday the tenth, eleventh, eleventh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Friday the seventh, mm-hmm. you had one final checkup. Yep. They do like the stress test where they like put a monitor on your belly, which I did not know what I was like stress test. I'm like jogging on a on a treadmill with like an EK. Like what is that? Um, they just put a monitor in your belly and they monitor the baby's heart rate and your contractions. And I was not having any contractions. So also just to jump, like, this is another thing, like, it's all weird new sci-fi stuff. It's yeah. Not, and it's no equipment that you've ever seen before either. Everything that you do during pregnancy is not a machine you're used to using at the doctor's yeah. office. Mm. Anyway, go ahead. That's It's just all new. Everything about it's new. Yeah, this was like, just like a a belt from the 80s with like all the holes in it, right? Like you can pick your size with mm-hmm. like a big belt with like a little plastic 
thing right in the middle and they just put two of them on you, one's pink and one's blue. And you just sit around for 20 minutes and you watch the nurses watch Ellen because the uh, TV is somewhere that you can't see, but you're watching the nurses' reactions to what's happening at Ellen that you can hear. So um, that was lovely. And then they do a growth scan and just make sure all the parts are still there for the baby. And so I was there on Friday and we had plans. I was going to meet some of your coworkers. Yeah, we had a big night planned. I was, I'm rehearsing a show right now that's about to open uh, off Broadway. Hashtag date me. Come see us. 43rd and 9th on Westside Theater. <laughs> Opening July 8th. Not sponsored by hashtag date me, but could be. <laughs> anyway, so yes, I was in rehearsal on a Friday for that. You were going to come hang out with the cast. Yeah, I was going to meet the cast for the first time and probably the last yeah. time because yeah. shortly after that we'd have a baby and I wouldn't be able to leave the house. And... um. They did the growth scan and they did the stress test and I sat in the like little alcove room thingy with the curtain around me, not even being able to hear Ellen. And <laughs> it took forever for the doctor to come in. And I was like, at one point I just got up and was like, you know, I did actually before that I did that like cough. Like if I cough, well, they know that I'm still here. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like they probably they probably left me in like, here. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, uh. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, and then I like popped my head out. I was like, hey. And they're like, oh, don't worry. Uh, oh, they said, are you still waiting for the doctor? And I said, I think so. And they're like, oh, she's doing the um, technician is doing her report. The doctor right now. And um, then this lovely doctor came in and she was like, hey, um, so your fluid is kind of low, and uh, the baby's heart rate is not is not bad, but it's not where we want it to be. It's kind of there's like some, um, I don't know what it's called. There's like some up and down, so it's going a little bit lower than we would like, but it comes right back. And I said, okay, and she goes, so I want you to go to the hospital, and I said, for what? And she said to have a baby, <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and I was like, what? I, yeah. what? <laughs> and and I was like, wait. What do you mean? She's like, we're going to induce you tonight. And I was like, no, no, I have, it's, it's Friday. Not plan. It's Friday. Yeah. The traffic is really bad. I have to, I'm already late to go meet them for, for drinks. For the listeners. She, listener. she, she didn't drink during yeah. <laughs> Um And I did. <laughs> for two and a half of us, as my mom said. Um, and I was like, but I have things to do. I have class on Sunday. We had just had to make it through Sunday. And she was like, I know you're not going to like me. Um, this happens a lot, but you need to go to the hospital now. And I was like, am I, is this an emergency? Emergency? She's like, no, no, but that's where you're going. And I was like, okay. Like she was very polite. She was lovely, but she was like, this is not an option. <laughs> this is not up to you. You you have to go. So, um, I drove yeah. like half a mile to the hospital that was right near the doctor's office. And, um, LA parked my car for four days. <laughs> it turns out. Yeah. So that was yeah. our like. So that was on Friday afternoon. So I was in rehearsal. It was right around, right around five o'clock. Um, 4.30 uh, or so that you yeah. called me. Perfect Friday, Long like, Island traffic time. Yeah, so I'm in Midtown Manhattan, and I get a phone call that she's going to the hospital. And it was like, okay, well, it's time to... So I said, okay. I went walked back in rehearsal and said, uh, I got to go. Apparently, we're having the baby now, so I've got to go. And everyone in the cast of Hashtag Date Me Running Off-Broadway at the West Side <laughs> Theater, uh, opening when July 8th. Um, everyone was awesome. Everyone was great. Uh, left that room with such good energy, and I was like, I'm about to be a dad. Let's, all right, let's go do this. And I am in Midtown. I get on the train at Port Authority and had to get to Astoria, Queens, and then get my car and then drive out into Long Island, what is normally about 45 minutes out, except it's 
Six right. o'clock on right. a Friday. Let's say a top five traffic in the world, in the whole world, <laughs> is Manhattan to Jersey or Long Island at 5 p.m. on a Friday. Horrible traffic. Yeah. Um, so I, I had to go out to our apartment, get our go bags, which we had ready to go. Picked up our go bags, uh, got in the car and started driving out to Long Island. I'm feeling feelings I've never felt before. I've never in my life wanted to be somewhere more than I wanted to be at that hospital at that moment, which meant that traffic was the worst experience <laughs> of my life. Like if it was, if it was a movie, you would have like got, you would have just pulled your car over to the side and like run to the hospital, <laughs> right. right? And like right. that is not an right. option here. There's no like bobbing and weaving and doing, <laughs> right. yeah, doing any kind of dramatic right. thing. You just have to like do, sit in traffic, yeah, you like have everyone to know else. That you can't yeah. break the rules right now, right? Yeah. So. I get to the hospital, you're checked in, um, so this was at Winthrop Hospital in Long, in Maniola, Long Island. Uh, great. Everyone, they were great. It was amazing, So yeah. big shout out to them. Thank you for all of your help. It doesn't really matter. They started the, what was it, Cervidil? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, that's a 12-hour thing. We got a little bit of sleep kind of that night. Bright and early Saturday morning, they start the induction. Mm-hmm. Um, Pitocin? Pitocin, yeah. Um, so they started that. Like, so, I mean, go. we had yeah. kind of talked about... Not really having a birth plan. Sorry. Wait, was that a sneeze or a cough? Uh, sneeze. Bless you, then. Thank you. Because if it was a cough, I couldn't <laughs> Sorry. Carry on. <laughs> we kind of talked about not really having a birth plan because it wasn't going to really be up to us because it was either going to be a C-section or an induction. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of, we took an infant CPR class instead of a birthing class because right. I was like, I want all the drugs. I don't, it's not, yep. I'm not going to go into labor at our house and then like time things and end up at the hospital. Like that's not how our... Is that how we're working? Yeah. Um, so we just like sat around and waited for my body to acknowledge that this medicine was in it to try and have a baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, our plan was pretty trusting. We were like, okay, well, these are what this is what the doctors have told us. And then it comes down to like, oh, we're early and you're going to labor. We were like, oh shit, well, oh we don't we know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. didn't do this part. Uh, I was like, quick, can we like look up Lamaze on yeah. our phones? And whether this? or not this is advice that anyone can take, but one of the things that I said to you was, so we didn't prep for this, so nothing is going to be taken personal yeah. between now and when he gets here. You say what you got to say to me. You get mad at me. I don't know how <laughs> this is going to go. So I will not take it personally if you yell at me or if you squeeze my hand or if you punch <laughs> me in the chest. Um, I did none of those things. Did none of those things. Here's a story I will tell, though. So Saturday's kind of, I mean, not chill. You're in labor. You're having contractions. Um, they suck. Like, yeah. turns out that part's, yep, they suck. Uh, Everything you've heard about them is correct. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's not a thing people shy away from. People are pretty honest that yeah. contraction. Like, I know, I've known, that's a thing I've known for my life. Oh, this part sucks. Um, turns out that part, that's true. Uh, you get, you like learn real fast how, how far apart a minute is. Yeah. So I got to the point where I was having contractions every minute, but nothing else was happening to like get the baby to move. Yeah. So it was just the pain and none of the like, at least we're making progress, which was kind of a bummer. Yeah. That was frustrating. Um, But it, it, it did, uh, like escalate the doctors and the nurses kept being like, so my plan was to have an epidural and I didn't know when. There's a kind of a window of when it's best to have it. Um, and they kept being like, oh, no, you'll know. Oh, no, you'll know. Like, you're not there yet. You'll know. And then um, the nurse finally came back in and she was like, oh, we're there. Like, she could just tell by my face and by, like, the anguish. And everyone was great 
maybe the real MVP of the weekend is Sue, the anesthesiologist. She, yeah. she came in. Bless Sue, yeah. the anesthesiologist. <laughs> Shout out to Sue. Um, uh, our nurse Cindy was great. Our nurse Jessica was great. Everyone, the, the volunteer doulas uh, at the hospital were great. But you Mostly. know what? The real MVP, Sue. Oh. <laughs> I was like, Sue, do you want my first four? <laughs> Any day now. Any minute now. Well, the thing that I was feeling was protectiveness of you. Like, how do I make this better for you? There's very little that as a partner you can do in that moment. Yeah. There's very little. Like, just try to help you. I mean, you said you that for things. all the pregnancy. Yeah. Basically, it's, like. It's true. That's, it's really just like, and even asking what can I do gets old, right? Yeah. Like, you're kind of like, yeah. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't know. Just whatever. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you got to kind of learn to suss out the moment. So like kind of the job of the partner and again, whatever your journey is, you figure this out together. But for us, it was like, all right, I'm just going to do, I'm kind of just playing sweeper. I'm going to figure out how to help. And it did take me a little while to like realize to ask you for things that like it was helpful for you to be able to do things. And it was helpful for me to not have to think that I need to do it all. I just am not used to. Yeah. We had some don't be a hero conversations. (laughs) Sometimes you're a hero. Like stop moving furniture. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We get to the point where mid afternoon or evening, I guess. Yeah. And the nurses start coming in more often and changing your positions. Things are starting to feel a little weird. Like, the- Except I had had an epidural. Well, you're on drugs. And you didn't like, know. Yeah. So I expected an epidural to be like, I just can't feel myself from like the waist down. Right? I didn't really, I didn't know what to expect. I did not know what it would feel like a party drug. And I was like, <laughs> my mind was clear. But I was like, you know, the doctors would come in and be like, oh, his heart rate is being a little weird. I'd be like, Oh, okay. I'm sure you'll handle it. Everything's fine. Can I just touch like, your face for a second? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's that breeze? Like, it was, re- and, and I could really? still feel my legs. So it was just like, and they told me I was still having contractions a minute apart, but I had no concept of it. Wow. It was like this miracle that happened. There was like a wave that went over me. And it was like, I was trying to get some. They wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best way I can describe it is like, um, when every, on like, soap operas or bad television when everything goes into like soft focus, like soft lighting. Like that's yeah. what my world became. Like wow. every, it just like took off the edge of everything. Like I did not care about anything. And I mean, there were some complications. Like we ended up having a C-section and I was just like, whatever you guys think, I feel great. Whatever you want me to do, which was like maybe not the best mental well, state to be in, but it was lovely. I think it's a pretty good mental state for you to be in. I mean, sure. Maybe. I mean, you I was, I was still clear. I didn't feel you drunk. Clear. I right. was clear headed. You weren't but. doing dumb things or saying weird right. things. You just weren't as stressed so out. You were at one point, they were like, can you get on, on your hands? You were chilling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm now nine months pregnant. They're like, can you go to your hands and knees and basically do like cat cow for yoga? I was like, sure, of course I can. Like there was no like. <laughs> so, yeah. Fine. So those kind of like hands and knees, which is weird that that's a sort of like that's a scientific phrase. They're like, yeah. let's try hands and knees. And I was like. Oh, it's just that. Go on your hands and knees. Oh, okay. I'm like hooked up to all these machines. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. There's like IVs everywhere. Yeah. It's like, wow. There's code yoga? words for everything and acronyms for everything going on. There's like, oh, just hands, hands and knees. Yeah. Okay, great. Got it. Um, but things, his heart rate was being weird. It kept coming and going. And they kept changing monitors because they were afraid it was just a monitor. Um, and I would move. So I was most comfortable on my side. And the baby was most, his heart rate was stable on when, we were, when I was laying on my side, oh. which... Going back to my beach whale position, yeah. I have this theory that maybe that's why I was so comfortable during All pregnancy because so was he, wow. or he was so used to being there for so for extended yeah. periods of time. Um, 
but then they would roll, then I would have to like be on my back to get a procedure or to get a test or to do something or to make the monitor fit and his heart rate would drop. Yeah. And then, so they'd have to move me again and then it would go back, but they were like, there's too much up and, and down. That was every, um, and part of it maybe was, every 10 minutes for an hour. Yeah. Like they were And part of that was thing. the fluid that I was so low on fluid yeah. that he couldn't, you know, the babies are like floating in there yeah. and well, they, moved, they also broke your water to, to yes. get things moving along. And so then that's even... Left. The fluid yeah. has even changed even more. And so they yeah. think maybe he was like laying on the umbilical cord. Some some like shenanigans were happening in there right. that they weren't totally sure yeah. of. So kind of to go back to we were talking about birth plans and what you feel about it. Um, the the doctors started hinting slowly at we may need to look at options like a C section or something else. They're like there's like seven steps before that, but right. they were easing us into the idea that this might be. And an it option. seemed like the the doctor who was talking to us, she was kind of tiptoeing in that direction so as to not disappoint us by changing our birth plan. Yeah. So the, the doctor is saying, slowly building us toward that, toward the idea of a C-section. And we both said, uh, look, we don't need, we're not precious about how this happens. Our birth plan is the biggest success chance of mom and baby being safe. Yeah. So that's our plan is everyone walks away from this. They were just tiptoeing. They were like, and you, it, you even said, even on your drugs, you said, if that's the way we're going, let's do it now before it's an emergency. Well, I, I was on my hands and knees on the <laughs> hospital bed, and I like looked up at them, like turn, awkwardly turned my head, and I was like, "Listen, if we need to have a C-section, we need to have a C-section. We, you're not, you're not ruining our day. Like, the, yeah. it's fine if that's what we need. I'd rather." And they popped. They said, "Great." They actually walked away for I guess for like well, less than a minute. They, they, they were like, said, "Okay, let's go check." Came like, back less than a minute later, and we're like, "Yeah, we're gonna do that." Well, they now. were like, "We're not there yet." It's, we're not there yet. We're not going to jump to it, but you know, it's looking like we're headed in that direction. I was like, that's fine. As long as I'm safe and the baby's safe, that like, do whatever you need to do. I, and I think what I said was, I need, I'd rather have a C-section that is planned or that is an unplanned C-section than an emergency C-section. Right. I don't want you ripping me open because I will, that then we're unsafe. So then and she, and they were all, I feel like I almost got path. a round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> like the do, there were like four doctors and like eight nurses that were like, thank you, thank you, it thank you. It took them no time at all to decide, great, that's what we're going to do. They and left so they the all room. came in en masse. The whole group came yeah. in. Beep, bop, boop. Pretty, no one's in a panic, but pretty quickly like, okay, we're going to go this way. Uh, Dad, you're going to follow us to this changing room. We're going to get you set up. You can come into the operating room in just a moment. Jen, we're going to wheel you this way. Uh, so she goes down one hall and I had to get into like a Breaking Bad jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah. Um, that they asked if you wanted to keep afterwards, which was so weird. Yeah. Uh, you were in an operating room with that on. <laughs> like, that's gross. <laughs> Memories. So I don't know what you had. Because this is one thing. I mean, other than just storytelling, I know that we've done a little just storytelling at this point. Um, I hope people are still listening I'm in it. Okay, I'm great. in it. Great. I'm in it. So. Great. Um, but also, like, one of the things that I want to, that I think this, we can do here on this podcast is pull back curtains on things, right? Like, make sure there's honest conversation about things. Uh, so I am more than happy to talk about my uh, experience and point of view once I get into the operating room. But what there's like a 15 minute, 10 minute gap when you were wheeled away and I was put over here that I don't know about. So can you speak? Do you remember enough of it? Can you speak yeah, to it? Yeah, I mean, sort of. So I'm like getting and it's not an emergency. So people are like walking. I've heard like when it's an emergency, but you've got like guns blazing. They are like yeah, running you through hallways. Like the Chicago so, Hope style. Yeah, they're yeah. like running through hallways. There's no like, they're just, this was like a proceed, like I've had uh, cortisone injections in my back and it felt like that. They like wheel you in, they they move you from one bed to another, you're like on the operating table um, 
I'm an anesthesiologist. I'm the tech. I'm the what? Like they're introducing themselves. Like it's pretty chill. Um, and then, <laughs> so I'm lying, obviously, uh, belly up. And I can, there's a, these big like hot operating room lights above me mm-hmm. that are, they're like flower petals. Like, you know, there's like a light in the middle and then there's mm-hmm. like, obviously they don't want like to uh, disperse the light correctly mm-hmm. so you can see everything. And I can see on each petal the reflection of just like naked legs. And I was Uh-oh. like, oh, that's me. <laughs> like, I was like, and it was like far that. away. It was little. And I was like, oh, I can, that's my naked body. Like, <laughs> and I can't feel at that point they had like numbed, wow. uh, numbed me. But I was like, oh, that's my belly. And that's naked legs. And there's like 12 people just like walking around naked Jen. Like I can hear some guy counting all of the, uh, I'll call them utensils. Sure. Two scalpels, three whatever, because... They don't want to leave one in you. They don't want to leave one yeah. in me, which I didn't realize <laughs> until after when I heard them recounting Recount. how many yeah. that they had. Yeah. Um, it's a thing. Yeah. So that's, yeah, it's, it's real. And I was like, yeah. once I realized that, I was like, oh, this is... Yeah. Um, and I had been warned, and I cannot thank uh, Sarah Bills, who also had a C-section recent, two C-sections recently, that you get into, uh, you get into the operating room and you just start to shake. It is cold in there to prevent uh, like sure. bacteria growing, and your your adrenaline starts going, and your hormones go crazy. And I was shaking so uncontrollably that I thought that I was going to ruin the surgery because I was shaking so hard. And I thought once the surgery starts and then like all the drugs are in me, that I would be fine. And I shook from the second I got wheeled into that room to into the recovery room when I couldn't even hold the baby at first. Cause I was like, I'm afraid I'm going to drop him. I was, I was shaking yeah. so hard. And Sarah had said, Sarah Bill's best friend, Sarah Bill's was like, you it's, it's crazy. You just shake, but didn't say you shake for 45 minutes straight. So that's <laughs> just like, one of the things. I think that there are a handful of things through pregnancy and birth that you kind of like hear a version of and you're like, Oh, okay. So let me clock that away. Right. But so it's, great. It's, not I, on, it's not on Sarah for not explaining it well no. enough, but you just don't really translate that to like, oh, I'm going to violently seize. But I got wheeled thing. in and I was like, oh, I'm shaking. That's what Sarah said. Bless her heart. I'm so glad I know right. this. And I was like, well, when does it stop? Because it's still going. This cannot be normal. This cannot be normal. And yeah. it obviously was. Yeah. And the doctor even said like, oh, yeah, this happens. But I was like, but it can't happen. I was shaking so hard in the top half of me that I was like, there's no way what's happening on the other side of the curtain is going well. <laughs> 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 like how... How is this part shaking and none of that is moving? It turns out drugs. Right. So eventually they come and get me once that's all set up and they bring me in. Uh, Here's something I had never heard about before. And I don't know if this is always the case, but I walked into this operating room. I've never spent any time in any operating room. So some of this is normal. It just looks crazy to me. It's like, you know, it's it's surgery. It It looks looks like like sci-fi if you're not not paying attention to it. Sure. But then being in it real, it's like super super fluorescent. Everything is like stark white and clean obviously and all those people that were just in our room that we like have been working with for hours now all look the same because they're all wearing masks and like the big plastic masks like they're in like a saw movie like big plastic face cover masks uh but here's the thing that i did not expect it makes sense i guess but i did not expect this you were spread out like you were strapped to a cross like you were strung out arms out to your side all the way tied down tied down that big curtains over half your body i can't see your legs either but you're just like bound arms out and I can see you shaking right away and you're looking at me and my first thought was well I don't want her to see the panic in me that's rising because right. this is terrifying the look oh. of this and there are people it, 
maybe it could be calming that if people are doing things, milling about, going about their business. It would be worse if they were like running around. Oh, they were talking about what off. they were. There was a doctor that was pregnant. She but was announcing to, like, it during the surgery to, to the, not know about that, to walk into yeah. that room and not have any clue, no foundation for what that room's like. Wow. Yeah. Um, and to see you just like out on a cross and people in weird gear. Yeah. It was terrifying. For me, it was like the same way I am on airplanes. Like I try and like stare the flight attendants like deep in the eyes to be like, is this turbulence normal or is this like a going down kind of turbulence? And the same thing with these doctors. I was like, if they're still talking about their weekend and this woman's announcing her pregnancy to all of her coworkers over my like taking out my organs, like things must be going well. Yeah. Like they're not talking about me at all, which it's hard to focus in on that. So good work. I mean, I'm impressed that you, cause my thought was like, I couldn't find a reason to not panic. I just knew that I couldn't panic. So I was just standing with my toes on the edge of panic and going, well, I can't, I can't step over. I got to stay right here. I got to stay on this side of panic and I'm just going to not step over because I can't, because I can't step over. And like, no one wants to see what's on the other side of that curtain, but also you're blind. Like you can't see, you can see my head. That's it. Like I heard they took him out and I was like, oh good, we're good. And you actually made that. You were looking at me like, not yet. Cause he hadn't made any sound yet. And I went, oh shit, I hadn't even thought about that. Then he cried. It was okay. Yeah, Everything. I think they are quiet for a second. But you heard them say, "There's a baby," and I said, "And you go, there's a baby." I said, and I go, "How do you know?" And he goes, "They just said it." And I was like, "But he didn't cry." Yeah. And then he cried, and, and he, cried. he was like, "Oh, okay." Oh, I'm so stressed. Over yeah. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at your kid. And I'm stressed. <laughs> Spoiler alert: It all worked out fine. But that yeah. is a terrifying, yeah. and it's quick. Wow. It's it's minutes. Then the next few moments are, are great. They're they're our story, but everything's good. So then we get up to the room where we're going to be staying for a couple of nights. Here's the other thing I want to say about anyone who's prepping for this, anyone out there listening who's made it this far into our first episode. Uh, you're exhausted. You, I mean, certainly the birthing parents is exhausted. It, the, the partner of that parent is also exhausted. Um, it's all new feelings. Everything about it's new. You've got a baby. And then you have to take care of a baby. And then you have to take care of a baby. <laughs> And so these nurses and doctors flood you with information. It's so much to learn and it's so important. Yeah. They're like, here are the things. You have to read these things, do these things, don't do this, don't do these four things. Like, here's also, how to nurse. Here, like, yeah, I got a, a lesson on how to nurse, but I was like, couldn't feel half my body. And she just like put them on me and it worked. And then she was like, see? And I was like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Like, can you stay here forever? Because I don't know what we just did. Not that either of us are. I understand that. I look. They have to give shaken baby speeches and videos. Of course they do. I get that. I don't think either of us. But you say that, and then people shake their babies. So we had to do that. We had to watch a video. We had to get like a a lecture about it. We had to uh, uh, do. There was just like so much right away when we got. And it was like midnight when we got up. Right, it's midnight at the room. We've been awake for a day. I haven't eaten since Friday night. You you still don't get to eat until breakfast the next day. Lunch the next day. And it's had to skip breakfast. Lunch the next day. Not that I was counting on that. (laughs) So you're still breastfeeding even though you haven't eaten. Yeah, so they wow. let me have dinner on Friday night, which they weren't supposed to, but they knew it would take so long for things to happen. And now this was, that was Friday at like 6 p.m., 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. And now it's Saturday at 11, 24 hours. 11 yeah. p.m. Yeah, 30 hours. And they told me that I can't eat again until lunch that on Sunday because um, apparently with the epidural and the anesthesia, maybe just anesthesia, um, your like digestive system is the last to come back from it. And so they don't want it. They, oh, okay. they need to make sure it's working before right, you right. can eat anything. So, so I've eaten Jello 
and an icy since Friday night at dinner. (laughs) So you, so as the birthing parent, you are exhausted, you're starving, you have somehow or another had a baby come out of you and then you're learning, you're being taught things that are now the most, they're brand new things again. And they're the most important things you're going to learn right now because it's how to keep another human alive that can't do anything for themselves. So it's just like, you're just trying to keep your eyes open. And it's everything from like how to breastfeed to like the logistics of things in the hospital to what you can eat right. to how to not damage brain, give your baby brain damage right. in the next 24 hours. And then at to one like point the nurse comes happen. in and she's like, oh, it's pretty cold in here for a baby. And I was like, what the hell are you talking? Okay, great. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess let's change that. Tell me what to do about that. It's so much. Yeah. And, and every... I would say no less often than every two hours, right? 90 yeah. minutes to two hours all the time. There's someone coming someone in to do something. In the room, yeah. Yeah. Which, which I think we've talked about this in the 10 days that we've been parents or nine days that we've been parents that people tell you that and you do not realize how disruptive and how terrible, yeah. like, and they're, they're, there right, are they're, some things they come and change a baby's diaper. There they are like, things that like, we're not taught that people aren't saying out loud. Then there are things that parents are saying and you can't understand it. And so yeah. you're like, Oh, this is what they were talking about. <laughs> like I would feed him the baby. And he would just start to fall asleep and someone would come in to like take my vital so he'd wake up. Then I'd be like, okay. I'd try to feed him again. And it takes a little while. He'd just start to fall asleep and then he'd come and check his vitals. And then we'd, yeah. we'd oh. fall asleep and then we'd be like, janitor, <laughs> like, yeah. wh- why are we changing the garbage right now? What is happening? Oh. I kind of got to a point, and this is not the best. I'll, I'll admit this. Uh, I like couldn't stay awake. I, I just like sleep had overcome me. I could not stay awake. Um, but I felt like... And you ever watch like like nature shows and there's like a lion asleep and he kind of wakes up for a moment to assess whatever's coming by and he's like, oh, I don't care about you when he goes back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. That was me. I was in this chair, this very uncomfortable chair. <laughs> That's where I slept for three nights. Um, so I w- anytime I could sleep, I just went, I couldn't stay awake. I couldn't yeah. stay awake. But a new doctor would come in. I would wake up. Okay, they're a doctor. Is he looking? What are they doing? <laughs> Is, is anyone getting hurt from this? Do they need me? No. Back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Just, what's that? Everyone, that's the person that can be here. They're okay. They have information for me. No. Back to sleep. All right. And, <laughs> and people have given me this advice too, that they now like have the baby sleep in your room with you the whole time that you're in the hospital. But there is a nursery. So if you need like, yeah. a, like you, the baby could sleep in there all the time. They don't recommend that. They like want you to get acclimated and I think part of it is like the nurses that are also mandated reporters and doctors, like they kind of want to see some interaction between the parent, I'm right. guessing. But there is a nursery. And so right. people had right. told me, people are texting me like coworkers and friends, like at the, uh, like when they found out that it, we had gone into the hospital, it was like, use the nursery, use the nursery. But it's like kind of seemed like it was frowned upon at the hospital itself. Like they want you to room in with the baby. Yeah. And so at one point, a nurse came in to give him a bath and then you had to have 60 minutes of skin to skin contact afterwards. So, but, and you can't fall asleep with a baby on you because there's a chance that you're going to roll over or drop and whatever. And I was like, I'm falling asleep writing one sentence text messages. I can't stay awake with him on me for the next 60 minutes. Like that was a lonely time that I thought I was going to cry was like, please don't make me hold my child for the next 60 minutes. I'm going to murder him. And that's just like and one of those don't be a hero moments. Right. Like, of course you want to be with your, maybe not of course, but we wanted to be with our kid and you wanted to have him there. But then there's a time when you're like, 
Yeah, you know what? If there's it's, an option to go somewhere else, take him for an hour. And so and they took him for an hour and a half when yeah. we both slept. We just like slept soundly. No one came in because there's no baby there. Which untrue. Untrue. Oh, no, you're right. The pediatrician. You're right. The one doctor the who was only up. there for the baby. <laughs> Finally, right. the baby goes. The baby is not in our room. The only hour and a half, two hours the baby was not in our room the whole weekend. For three days. Yeah. The doctor who is there for the baby comes in and is like, hey, where's the baby? And I was like, the nursery! <laughs> there's also like a low there's also like a low jack. Like the baby has How do you not know where he is right now? <laughs> oh, wow. Right. Um, so it was almost uninterrupted sleep for an hour and a half. And then I called, I like called for him. I like woke up and was like, I need the baby back. <laughs> like I don't really know why. Um and they brought him in and I was like, how do you do? And then the nurse was like, Oh, the the nursery nurse was sad to leave him go. It was uh, they had a good time. He was the only client or something. And I was like, wah wah. <laughs> I felt so guilty. And I was like, it was either that or roll over on him. Yeah. Like, but all my friends were like, especially on their second one, they're like, didn't do it the first one. And by the second, they were like, use the nursery. That's what it's there for. Get some sleep. And I, I feel like, like don't be a hero has got to be a big thing that we, like I would like to push because that's yeah because because you know, heroes die. By the way, like. <laughs> That's heroes. They burn out. Yeah. Burn out. So don't realize when you might need a little help. Yeah. And take the help. You might not always have it. So when you've got it. Yeah. Take the true. help. Yeah. Um, Even when the nurses give you the side eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Screw those nurses. Uh, they were great. Our nurses were. They were our nurses great. were good. Um, went to the hospital. Thank you very much. Uh, Jessica and Cindy. Jessica and Cindy in labor. Maureen. Arena. Amy, upstairs in childhood. Who's Amy? <laughs> Did you have a nurse I didn't know about? <laughs> <laughs> thanks, a thanks, Amy. <laughs> um, oh, anyway, so we finally get discharged and drive everyone home. Again, that was the same drive back, but it was not as nearly as busy traffic. No, it's fine. I've never kept my hands at 10 and 2 longer in my life. I sat in the backseat with the baby and was like, don't even look at Jonathan because he looks like a crazy person. Oh, I could not move my hands from 10 and 2. I was driving so slow and I was starting to yell at everyone but trying not to yell because now I realize I have to be an example. Even though he's not really aware, I should start you now. have like your blinker on and then like three minutes later, like – Slowly move yeah. into the next lane People just in case. People around me. I'm like, if given the chance, I would shoot you in the face right <laughs> now, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that that went long and well. Uh, I'm glad now you guys got home. to hear our, our origin story. Now we're home. Jen, do you have any – let's do a thing. Let's do a, an honest product review okay. and or advice of things now that we're home. Okay. Ten days in. Nine days in. So I think the – Thing that I did not realize was so essential is the swaddle, the like easy. So at the hospital, it's just a blanket that they wrap up and uh, do the real like tuck, yeah. Tuck kind and of thing. we are not great at it, and the baby, his arms would just be free and be flopping around. His he like, just punches. Oh, he's just yeah. got crazy arms all the time. Um, and I guess there's a startle re startle reflex that has to do with their arms, and so he would move his arms and wake himself up. And so we, I had this idea that when he was sleeping at night. At home, we'd swaddle him so he'd get like it'd be like a deep, secure sleep. He wouldn't be waking up all the time. And then naps, like let him go free. It feels like weird to like chain. I mean, it's like a straight jacket, like yeah. chain him down. And then he would just sit in his bassinet and like stare at the wall, like chill out for an extended period of time, but not sleep. And then 
your mother, who's staying with us and helping us for this first couple of weeks, uh, was like, I think we should swaddle him and swaddle. I was actually out at the grocery store and she's like, I swaddle him and now he's asleep. And that was like the sign. Like, and we those, need those kind of like quick rig swaddles yeah. have been great. Velcro kind of swaddles. It still feels like great. I'm torturing him. But yeah, then it's he's, hard to get past. You think, yeah. Like, there's no way that's comfortable. You're not going to well, like that. But when I asked you, I was like, how come you can do it so much better than I can? And you were like, well, I pull it tighter than I, then it's going to be yeah. uncomfortable for you as the parent, but pull it tighter than you think that you need to. Because yeah. every time I would swaddle him, I'd like rock him to sleep and put him in his, in his bassinet crib thing. And there would be this little, <laughs> this little hand that came out from the top, like, like under his chin, like waving, like Mr. Burns, like on the Simpsons. And I was like, you know, fingers. it's creepy little fingers. It's like 3 a.m. I'm like, why is this happening again? And I like could not, I could not get it. And you were like, it just, you just have to feel like you got to go tighter. You got to go tighter. Yeah. But he was not napping. I mean, he's pretty chill, but he was not sleeping without them. Yeah. Um, so without those, I think we'd have a disaster on our hands. Yeah. Um, and as far as like things that we haven't needed, I mean, turns out newborns don't do anything. Yeah. So all the newborn stuff that doesn't involve stuff to change him and sleep is probably not like more useful. diapers and wipes than you think and fewer yeah. of anything else. Yeah. You don't need stuff. We didn't, we yet. haven't like... We try to put him in like a little seat thing, but he's just so like blah yeah. right now that like doesn't even do anything yet. Yeah, he's like <laughs> his head just like goes into his neck and his shoulders <laughs> rise up, and it's like he doesn't look. Home. He was not into it, so like we either hold him or put him in one of two sleeping yeah. devices, and that's it right now. I'm sure that I, that will change. I know, but right now, like, well, we'll get you back on here. Um, in, a, in like a, I don't know, a couple months. Every we'll trimester? Do, yeah, we'll do a we'll do a reunion episodes every now and then. We'll check back in with ac my actual family and see how things are going. Um, I want to say that since he's been born, um, again, part of the idea of this whole thing was like, let's get a community going. Let's try to find this dad. And not just dads. Like, one of the things that, Nacelli, I think we've been trying to be conscious of is like, and gen in our home life, we're conscious of like not pushing gender norms. Like, it's not like, dad roles versus mom roles but right. just because i couldn't find a dad i couldn't find men who were doing this yeah let's do it let's try to have these these conversations and i feel like women talk about it, or new moms or old moms veteran moms talk about their kids and child care and child care as a, far as like school and daycare right. and also caring for children and raising like there's so many questions and they people are talking about it all the time and it's like you don't I don't really always see that things. with guys. You right. don't usually see that yeah. with guys. But I, so on that line, I will say uh, when he was born, and then like you know, we did a little uh, PR drop. We uh, <laughs> hit up social media to let everyone know. Um, a bunch of dads were immediately just like, "Congratulations! If you need anything, mm -hmm. let me know." And so I feel like this is a thing that people want. There's a real, there is a, a draw to have, a and there community. is a community. Like, right? You said like Father's Day just happened, and you were like, "I'm like in the club," and people right. that a lot of dads, a lot of young dads, were texting me yesterday and just said, "Happy first Father's Day." It's like, oh, it's like I just got my jacket. Like I'm in the yeah, I'm in the club you're like you lettered, yeah. Um, so but it's like that. There's the resources are there. Just it seems to be that dads and men in general are not great at like harnessing them right as as opposed to women who are mm -hmm. like i'm just saying from like these facebook mom groups there's just questions about i can just go in i needed a chiropractor while i was pregnant and i literally just search 
maternity and chiropractor in this like gazillion message group and there are like five options and like it's not and obviously men can join that but it's not it's not well, the same kind of community feel even, even this like and Nacelli, I feel like you've been good at helping me in some of the interviews that you guys will hear in the future coming up soon um there's always more to learn and always more questions to ask and always more to do like I don't want to pat myself on the back for starting having conversations right like this is a first step into being an equal partner in parenting because it is just statistically true that fathers percentage-wise statistically are not as involved in their children's life. That's just that's just like a time true spent. fact. Time it's spent. Like house, right. House thing. So there's uh, there's a pl- there's plenty of issues there. There's there's uh, income. There's plenty of things to dive into. I'm not diving all the way into that, but I am saying. Uh, there's room for fatherhood to grow as far as uh, the relationship, the, the the interaction at home and how involved. Like someone the other day, or in an article I think, Jen, you sent me, was like, yeah, dads are, the new dad is a wave that's happening, but how many dads make well visits? How many dads know how to just make an appointment for your child mm. at the doctor's office? And um, like, I know our doctor, but I didn't set any of the appointments. You said, Oh, Wednesday when we get home, we have an appointment. And I said, oh, great. And like, I want to do better and I want to kind of encourage partners, like non, non-child birthing partners. Because <laughs> I think that kind of falls into like, oh, you gave birth to the child and I'm the other parent. Uh, so the chance to like just do more. If you want to be a co-parent, be a co-parent. Whatever your journey is, whatever your relationship is, great. But my intent is to be uh, as involved as possible and not just for, by having conversations, but to get involved. Um, and so I guess I'll put that out there into the world, guys. If if anybody else is feeling that way, like, let's get some conversations started. You can follow us on Operation Dad Pod on Instagram. I think that we have a Twitter account, but I'm horrible at it. And right now I'm the one running those things. So um, Unless, Nacelli, you want to take over Twitter and you're better at it. I don't know if you're any good at it. But <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's that a negative. Uh, not my forte. <laughs> I can, yeah, we're okay at Instagram. So follow us on Instagram and you can you can DM Operation we'll Dad Pod. We'll have that. some conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm even still a Facebook guy. So, like, hop on the Operation Dad Pod page yeah. on Facebook. Um, just to see what's going on. But also, let's have some conversations. Hit us up. Um, and we'll questions, start, too, right? Yeah, like, questions. Um, we'll start rolling out the episodes we've got. We'll start recording more episodes. Uh, just to keep conversations going and keep growing and getting better and also acknowledging the parts that suck, the parts that are great, the parts that are hard, the parts that are scary, the parts that are gross. Um, I have, as of yet, avoided any uh, major poop blowouts, but I am the only one, the only one one who has somehow survived thus far. Um, So, yeah, I hope you guys stick around and come back for more episodes and let's just keep talking. Reach out to us. I want this to be open. uh, reach out to myself, to Nacelli, uh, Operation Dad Pod on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, got anything else, Jen, before we go? What else you got? Did I forget something? No. We just need like a good closing or like a, you need to sing or something. Oh, maybe baby baby noises. Oh, let's get him baby in here. Noises. Poke him so he makes noise. No. <laughs> yeah, I guess we could, we should close up by introducing Caleb, the whole, the reason this whole thing is happening. Make some noise. <laughs> No, he's super chill. He's not even going to make noise for us. He's little.
I'll make the noise. Yeah. So yeah. This sound effect wise, you can tell there's a baby nearby. Oh, <laughs> he's so sweet. He's so sweet. Squish. Um, if the bike was it slightly lower down, he would have heard something, I think. Oh, can we get a fart for it? <laughs> <laughs> I just felt it. <laughs>